I Saints. Welcome to another episode of Talking Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D, here to help you grow in faith and walk in God's amazing grace. Today's message is entitled, It's Time to Grow in Faith and Walk Bold in the Lord. Get your pen and paper, sit back, take notes, and let's grow in faith. All right, saints, I hope you are ready to receive this short but powerful message. It's time to grow in faith and walk bold in the Lord. I want to also share with you that I love you guys very much, even though I haven't met a lot of you. I know some of you, but not most of my listeners. I walk by faith, not by sight. God says for us to walk in love, that we should love thy neighbor. And he is not talking about the neighbor that lives next door to you. He's talking about all humanity, all mankind. So when I say I love you, I mean I love you in the the agape type of love. Now, I love you enough to risk you not loving me so that I can tell you the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. I mean, you no harm, but only good. I want to bring some good news to some of you who apparently are struggling today. I am thoroughly convinced that our God is a God of principles. And there is a principle in the kingdom of God by which all things in his kingdom operate. That principle is faith. I have been teaching and walking in faith for over 20 years now. I believe God has given me brand new revelation concerning faith and its operation. And I'm not talking about brand new uh, principles that are not currently written. I'm talking about giving me revelation to what already exists in his word. Um, I think I shared with that with you guys before that I don't have, even though I've studied the Bible from um, top uh, to bottom, from front to back, uh, through school and on my own, but God doesn't give you revelation all at once. He gives it to his ministers in increments. And if anybody tell you otherwise, they're lying, they're lying. There are some things that uh, pastors and teachers have been teaching on for over 40 years and are just now coming to the revelations of some of the scriptures. So God knows just how he want his, his ministers to walk in this word and to teach it. So I am um, happy to share with you this message because I am sure it, this message is going to bless you. Now, I want to share with you. Uh, a couple of things that may offend you, but it's only to help you grow. That's all. It's only to help you grow, my sisters and brothers. Now, we say we believe the word, so we ought to be willing to act on it. Bible faith is acting on the word of God. If we were acting on the word, we wouldn't be crying so much. Because, you know what? There would be nothing to cry about. Now, yes, there is pain. Yes, there is hurt. Yes, there is sickness. Yes, there are deprivations in life. But do not capitalize on those things. Capitalize on what God says about them. He says you are an overcomer. He says you are above and not beneath. He says you are the head and not the tail. You are blessed going out and blessed coming in. Begin to confess those things over your lives. 
Now, in Romans chapter 10, verse 8, the word says, But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now, we need to understand that we should either hear this message and receive it, or hear this message and reject it. But we need to move out of the baby stages of life. We need to move away from drinking milk and start eating meat. I don't mean this in a condemnatory way. I am simply trying to elevate your sights. I know some people like crying and complaining because it is easier to cry and complain than it is to walk by faith. Now, when you walk by faith, it can be scary if you are easily frightened because there is nothing tangible that can reach out and touch you or that you can reach out and touch. Now, I hear the same kind of crying, whining, and complaining. We all have problems in the sense of being shot at. We're in the same world and we have the same enemy. The demons do not like you or me. But we are not going to defeat them by crying and complaining about what they are doing in our lives. Why don't we talk about how big God is? Why not talk about that rather than all the problems and apparent mountains? So you have a mountain. Big deal. Instead of crying about it, speak to that mountain and get it out of your way. That is what Jesus told us to do. I have good news for you. You can live above the circumstances if you want to. I realize that for some of you, if you do not have problems, you do not have anything to talk about because you do not know the word. So you have to whine and cry and, and complain. You cannot look at the circumstances and be successful in the kingdom of God. And that's just word. Okay. Now, when I say successful, I mean walk in liberty and peace. You can still get work done by struggling and crying and complaining, but it is a whole lot better to get the work done without the struggle, without crying and without complaining. I have had many opportunities for, for a lot of down days, saints, but I retired from those down days 20 years ago and I haven't walked by sight since. Now, if you want someone to cry with you, unfortunately, I'm not the one. And let me tell you something. I love people and I'm willing to help anyone. But it, my faith can't overrule your lack of faith. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. We have to be on the same page. If you want somebody to pat you on the back or, or, or pat you on the head and say, keep, keep holding on. I'm here to tell you that is not going to help you. You need to know that you can walk by the word. You can walk by faith. We are not representing Jesus the way we should when we sniffle, cry, and complain. Now, because we are in a war, you are being shot at just like me and everybody else in the body of Christ. Now, what do you expect the enemy to do but, but shoot at you? Or you do have armor. So put it on. We all have armor. So we all need to use it. Now, if you have it packed, 
in your closet, get it out and put it to use. Why are you crying and whining? Get up on your feet and stand tall like the child of God that you are. If you are not a whiner, don't ever tell anybody that you know Jesus. And, and certainly don't tell them that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, you have nerve talking about how hard it is. Big deal. I'm telling you, big deal. You don't know how hard it is until you know what it is to be black in America. And I'm going to say that again. You don't know how hard it is until you know what it feels like to be black in America. Now, Jesus never said, according to your tears, let it be to you. He said, according to your faith, let it be to you. That's in Matthews 9, 29. Now, I never knew there were so many demons. I tell you, they came against me to try to stop the word of God. But I never confessed that we or I was sinking. I never confessed that. Now, I want to encourage and inspire you now after that little tongue lashing. But look, God chastises you with his word. So as a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ, I have to chasten some of his children. Now you can live above the circumstances, which is what I am telling you. That's what this message is about. Now let's look at Matthew chapter eight, verses 23 to 25. Now, when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. Now the boat was still afloat and the disciples were already confessing they were perishing. How many of us know somebody like that? You know what? They can see a trial coming and instead of walking and confessing the word, they start confessing the, that they were defeated already. Now, that is what some of us have been doing, confessing defeat instead of victory. Every time you whine, complain and cry, you are giving the devil comfort and a foothold. You are not honoring God. If you just have to say something, say praise the Lord, glory to God or hallelujah. And if your mouth wants you to say something else, just don't say it. Now let's look at Matthew 8, 26. But he said to them, why are you fearful? O you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. Now, Jesus did not say they didn't have faith. He said they had little, but you can perish with a little faith. If you don't put your feet or give it some effort to, to, to just give it some effort and put forth some action. Now, if you believe something, you have to put action to it. Now, Jesus didn't just lie on his pillow and say, well, I believe the storm will stop. Jehovah will do something about the storm. No, that's not what Jesus said. The Bible says he got up from his nap. He arose and rebuked. Those are actions. It is not thinking or believing something that will change a particular situation. It is doing something about it. That is why Jesus called their faith little because their faith did nothing. They had it. 
but they did not use it. Instead of saying, be still, they said, we are perishing. Jesus had to believe that when he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, they would obey. So you start out with belief. But if you stay with only the belief, you are going to sink. Belief won't change the circumstances, but faith will. Okay? Belief won't change the circumstances, saints, but faith will. The devil has no right to put something on you that will destroy you. He doesn't have that authority and he doesn't have the rights unless you give it to him. But we are in a warfare, saints, and we will be shot at. Now, the Bible says no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will allow will also make the way of escape that you may be able to to bear it. That's in first Corinthians 10, 13. We all should memorize first Corinthians 10, 13 every time a trial comes our way. So it, it, it couldn't, it can't be God bringing the problems because if that was so, he would be working against himself. The devil is the culprit and God is the deliverer. Now, the most important subject in the Bible, in the kingdom of God, once you receive Christ as your savior and Lord is the subject of faith. It is the most important thing for you to understand and for you to master once you are saved. Now, there is no other subject more important, and I will challenge anyone to prove otherwise. Some people might say that love is more important, according to 1 Corinthians 13, 13, but I want y'all to listen to this carefully. That's why we have to rightly divide the scriptures. But love is not the greatest thing in the world. In, in, in 1 Corinthians 13 and 13, uh, Paul is talking about love as our motivation while chapters 12 and 14 deal with the power of the Holy Spirit and why we should, why we should desire spiritual gifts. Now I believe in love, but love will not heal you. And yes, we ought to walk by love. Yes. The commandment is love to love that, that neighbor. We have to have that because without that, without love, we're simply not saved. Oh, yes, because we are saved by love. Yes, we are. Love will not save your neighbor. Love will not heal your neighbor. Love will not pay your bills. You should operate in love because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. But probably every single one of us could attest to the fact that we have stood beside the bed of someone we love. With all of our heart, we watch that person, our hearts breaking and tears in our eyes, tears just streaming like a waterfall. Our whole being was changed because of that individual we love lying on that bed. Yet, our love could not keep them here. It could not keep them alive, nor could our love heal them. If it could, we would never have had a funeral and we wouldn't have funerals today. So it's not love that can keep you here. Now, because I am sold on faith, I am very zealous about it. 
That is why I come, come off so strong about it. Sometimes I need to say things to get your attention and, 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 and people get upset with me. They do. Oh, but I'm going to keep on speaking bold in the Lord now. Now, I talk about the, the songs uh, people are used, uh, used to hearing in the church and songs that are, are unscriptural. They are. So we even have to, we don't necessarily have to just watch what we hear uh, or what we hear someone claiming that they say is pertaining to God. We have to watch some of these songs, people. You know, because we have to understand faith comes by hearing. So if I keep on singing something that is unscriptural, it is going to affect my faith in a negative way. Now, y'all know the song, uh, come by Yah, come by here, Lord. Somebody needs you, Lord, come by here. Now, it's a beautiful song, but I thought that Jesus said for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. That's in Matthew 18, 20. So what's wrong here? What's wrong? The Bible says for us to pray without ceasing in first Thessalonians five seventeen. that is a, a command of God. So whether I feel like it or not, I do it by faith, not by feelings. Yet there is a song that says every time I feel the spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. We do everything in this world by our senses and, and people unwittingly bring that same modus operandi into the realm of the spirit. They want to see God and feel God. Then there's another song which says, Jesus, keep me near the cross. There's a, there's a precious fountain now. And that's popular. Y'all know what song I'm talking about. Now, why do you want to stay near the cross? The cross is a place of death. You, you guys need to understand that. It is a place of death. If you want to sing something like that, sing, keep me near the empty tomb. Because the resurrection is a sign of victory. You start at the cross, but you don't end at the cross. You end at the empty tomb and at the throne of God. Now, I hear people talk about being slain in the spirit. This statement gives the impression that somebody died in the spirit. God is not killing us. Show me any verse in the New Testament that mentions slain in the spirit. Go ahead, I'll wait. Now, I'm a stickler for the new covenant, and you do not find anything in there that says slain in the spirit. You do not find anything in the new covenant that says we are going to win any victories by praise either. Sometimes our words get us in trouble. And a lot of y'all should know that. A lot of y'all don't know some of the trials y'all are in because of your words. Now, why don't we just say what the word says? I don't understand that. Why can't we just confess what the word says? We are not under the old covenant. Never have been, especially Gentiles. Anyone that is not a Jew is a Gentile. We Gentiles were never under the old covenant. So we need to stay in the New Testament because that is where our covenant is. We are under the new covenant, a better covenant with better promises, which was established with better promises. Okay, that's in Hebrews 8 and 6. And you guys need to understand that. We are under a new covenant. That is why when I hear something that is unscriptural, something that is not New Testament, I feel an obligation by the Spirit of God to speak on it. Under the old covenant, people were, they were anointed. 
Okay. They were not filled with the spirit like we are under the new covenant. They had to have an anointing. Um, you, you, you do, you don't find anything about a double anointing in the new Testament, such as Elisha had in the old covenant. He, I mean, how can you have double of that, which is perfect? Okay. I'm trying to find the right words to say here. How can you have double of that, which is perfect? The scripture says, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. First John four and four. This scripture does not say you need to have the anointing come on you. It says to be filled with the spirit. Okay. There is a difference, saints. The Holy Spirit is the anointing in us. He works through us, not on us, as he did in the old covenant. Everyone in the old covenant, including Elisha, was a sinner. They were spiritually dead and had no contact with God. Therefore, he had to deal with them outwardly in the realm of the senses. That is why he had to put a pillar of cloud by the day and a pillar of fire by by night for them to be guided by. But there is no mention of pillars in the new covenant. It says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. That's in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. Now, when God gave you the first anointing, it was enough. Walk in it. But you are going to have to do it by faith. If you are waiting to see something, to walk by sight, it's too late. You have to walk by faith, which means you have to walk by the word of God. Now, in the book of Ephesians, when Jesus went back to heaven and led captivity captive, it says he gave gifts to men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why did God give us those gifts? The King James Bible says it was for the perfecting of the saints. In other words, it was for the maturing of the saints the growing up of the saints. God wants us to grow up and not remain children. Crying is a baby tendency. Adults don't cry like babies do, not in the, in the same sense. You expect babies to cry because they don't have the words to say. But some of us have been on the road for 99 years and we're still crying and acting like children. That is immaturity. The ministry gifts are not working too well for these carnal Christians because they should be grown up by now. They should. We should be growing up by now, saints. We should have left milk after we accepted Christ as Lord and Savior and then started being fed the word of God so that we can grow. Now, I want to help stimulate you to grow. I want to help you learn to stand on your own faith. And not have to rely on anyone else. Because people can let you down. They do not mean to. But they can fall. And what will you do then? Huh? What will you do then? When some well known ministers fell. People were saying. What are we going to do? I, I couldn't believe my ears. People were literally saying. What are we going to do? Well. Your faith should have been in Jesus. Not in the man. Now I'm sorry. But you know. For those men that fell. But. The Bible says that we are supposed to be looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It never tells us to look unto man. Never. So what is especially tragic to me is how people think you are on somebody's case 
when you speak the truth boldly. Now, we must start working together, saints. And maybe the people outside of the body of Christ will really believe we know God when we stop throwing rocks at each other just because we don't understand what the mission is that, that God gave the other person. And we need to accept the truth when it is told. I consider myself a woman of principle, a woman of integrity. And if I have to make a choice between friendship and a principle or integrity, then I have to choose principles and integrity. I am going to be obedient to what God has called me to do, which is to teach his word, to tell you the truth without compromise. And the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, is that whining, crying, and judging, and belly aching and complaining have never moved mountains. But faith has always moved mountains. And faith will always be the catalyst to moving the mountains. Now, I believe the church today can learn some marvelous lessons from the book of Acts, especially chapter 4, verses 29 and 30. Let's, let's go there. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. The people were saying that if God would stretch forth his hand to heal and do signs and wonders, they would be bold. Now, I wonder if that is why so many Christians, churches, and ministers of the gospel are not very bold in proclaiming the name of Jesus today because they have not seen signs, wonders, and healings take place in their churches or in their lives. The people in these congregations have not been very bold to proclaim the gospel of Christ. Mm -mm. No, they have not been all over. No, they haven't. There's a difference in a lot of these churches. We're not on the same page, people. These people are like the ones who prayed in Acts. They have the attitude that once God manifests something supernaturally in their midst, they will be motivated to be bold for the Lord. But we as Christians are not supposed to walk by signs and wonders. We are supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. That's in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. Signs and wonders follow are being bold in the word. Now, Look at Mark 16 in, in uh, verse 17. We should not be bold because of the signs and wonders. Now, let's go. No, 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 no. Let's go to uh, Acts 4, 29 and 30 again. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness, they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now, in other words, they said, Lord, you make us bold by stretching forth your hand with signs and wonders. Uh, they not only asked God to do what they were supposed to do for themselves, but they went so far as to tell him how to do it. Now, God responded by doing what the people asked, but he did it in a manner that they did not expect. In Acts 5 and 12, we read how the, the, the people's answer to their prayer actually manifested. Now, listen. 
And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Now God stretched forth his hand to heal and signs and wonders manifested supernaturally. However, those signs and wonders manifested through the hands of the apostles because the only hand God uses in the earth realm to manifest signs and wonders is the hand that believers allow him to use. Okay? We need people who are bold today who will let the Lord use them to affect people's lives for the better. For too long, we have had the meniscatose version of Christians. Mm-hmm. We have had the watered-down version of Christians. Too long, we have been just little baby preachers. The little quiet, mousy, you know, pastor. Everyone likes him, yet he never says anything and never does anything to affect anyone's life. That's scary. That is so scary to me. God has no hands to stretch forth to heal except those in the body of Christ. He has no mouth through which to speak and no legs on which to run errands of mercy except ours. God has designed a system so that he needs our involvement to get anything done in the earth realm. So God will not do anything in the earth realm without us. Without us. Remember Jesus went about healing all who were sick and oppressed by the devil and God was with him. God will be with us doing it, but we have to believe. We have to do these things by faith, people. God has given us all authority to do what he wants accomplished in the earth realm. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And he has provided us with the power to accomplish his will through the persons of the Holy Spirit within us. But we got too many people battling the Holy Spirit. Because they have allowed the devil to convince them that the Holy Spirit is the devil. That the Holy Spirit is him. Remember a stupid demon uh, was speaking through uh, someone who was challenging Jesus talking about he cast out demons by Beelzebub. How can the demons cast out demons? But we have, but yet we have allowed Satan to convince us and to deceive us that doing these things is of the devil. When in fact it is of God. All we have to do is have the will to do what he wants us to do. And I'm talking about God. All we have to do is have the will to do what God wants us to do. What an awesome responsibility we have. I think it's awesome. And yet, what a thrilling opportunity we have to fulfill the great commission of Jesus Christ. Many times people wonder, why won't God do something? The question really is, why won't you do something? Sometimes we get so caught up in doing things our way that God cannot get a word in edgewise. As people used to say, you know, we map out the game plan, set up the program, then want the Lord to come down and bless what we are doing. But guess what? The Heavenly Father does not work that way. We have to find out how God wants us to proceed on the task he has given us. We have to get in line with, with his program and get out of ours and then be bold enough to do what he wants us to accomplish in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit, saints. Now, God has called every person in the body of Christ to do something. And, and by that, I, I do not mean that each Christian is supposed to be an apostle, 
a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher. I'm an evangelist and a teacher, and I am not an apostle, and I am not a prophet. So I don't operate in those gifts. I stay in my lane. Now, the Lord may ask us uh, or lead us to do something on his behalf from time to time, and we should make sure we are sensitive to follow that leading. But whatever God may lead us to do for him is not the primary job he has called us to accomplish in our everyday lives. Now, the primary task the Lord has given us is to believe, think, talk, walk, and act in line with his word. If we do not do that job, there is no way we can accomplish whatever else God may give us. Once we renew our minds with the word of God, which is in Romans 12 too, get the word into our spirits and act accordingly. There is nothing the devil, demons, or anyone else can throw at us to stop us from, from prospering and being victorious in our everyday lives. Victory in our everyday lives can, in turn, help bolster our faith and boldness in anything else the Lord calls us to do. Start by changing your own life. Okay, make those changes first. Learn to stand boldly on the word of God to improve your situation. And it will train you to be bold in reaching out to others. And we are supposed to be reaching out. That's another thing we're supposed to be doing, saints, because that is what Jesus commissioned the church to do. It is not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Second Peter 3, 9. Learn how to be bold in the Lord. Learn how to let the Holy Spirit work through you. Stop resisting the Holy Spirit and embrace the Holy Spirit. And how to be a winner in life. Learn how to just learn how to win. Your blueprint is found in the word of God. Stop resisting the word. Stop listening to every wind of doctrine coming your way. Always check out what someone tells you in the Bible. Now, when you, when you are a winner in life, two things happen. Number one, people want to listen to what you have to say. And number two, they are all the more interested in receiving what you have and what you have learned from the Lord because they want you to give it to them. Now, you want to reduce the crime rate? Because I know we have crime is excelling and exceeding in every state, in every country, in every city on this planet. So if we want to reduce the crime rate, you know what we got to do? We have to get the criminals saved. We need to be preaching the gospel to the, to the criminals. You will not stop crime by hiring more police officers, making bigger uh, locks or bigger prisons to put the criminals in or giving anyone a submachine gun or an assault rifle. The only way you are going to stop crime is to change the criminal's hearts. And the only one who can change the criminal's heart is Jesus. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ will change the hearts and lives of people if it is preached with boldness, backed up with signs and wonders and followed by the knowledge of how to live in faith and the power according to the word of God. Once you change the heart of, a, of an individual and teach that individual how to live, you will change both that person's actions and his or her position in society. Get all the criminals born again and teach them how to live by faith. And you will not have any problems with someone breaking into your house. 
We have to be bold for Jesus, saints, just as bold as the people who are on the dance floor. Uh-huh. On the dance floor, shaking and twerking. You know, be as bold for the Lord as you are when you go to a sporting event. You know, a basketball game or, or a baseball game or a football game. You probably holler your, yourself hoarse and, and holler your lungs sore at these events. Now, we want you or God wants you to be as bold for Jesus as you are with the things of the world. And you will affect the world for Christ. Now, saints, I know that was, it, it appeared to be a tongue lashing. It wasn't. It was a message shared with you in love, a message that God put on my heart to share with his people because it's needed. We have too many Christians that are still walking like babies. They are ignorant of God's word. God wants you to know his word. Stop following doctrine that sounds good to you and start following the truth because it is the truth that sets man free. It is the word of God in his holy Bible that will help you grow in faith. Remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You just heard the word of God. So I hope you receive this into your spirit saints and take this as constructive criticism so that you can grow in faith and learn how to walk in grace. And I have a very powerful message coming up maybe tomorrow or either next Saturday or Sunday. But that message is going to truly set you free. It is about the power of grace. So stand by for my closing remarks, saints. I hope today's message has been a blessing to you. It's time to grow in faith and walk bold in the Lord. If you have a question or comment about this episode or any past interludes, please send your comments and questions too. TrustGod55.cd at gmail.com. If you want to support this podcast financially, please go to my Anchor, Spotify, or Breaker home pages, click on the Support This Podcast button, and contribute an amount of your choice. Now, until next time, saints, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D., rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. See you next time.